0: building up
1: to the new season the clock is
2: ticking until the new season begins This is the Go Radio Football Show. Yeah, and the clock is ticking towards Celtic against Michelin and the Champions League qualifiers. Less than three hours to kick off in the East End of Glasgow. What a match. And it is coming pretty soon uh, for Celtic and Ange Postikoglu.
0: Yeah, it'll be be a tough contest. They're a club that... um you know, sort of matured over recent years. They've got a real clear identity and model in terms of the the way they want to play and also the way they want to be set up in developing footballers. Um, and, you know, it's a model that's worked really well for them. You know, they had a fantastic campaign last year in Europe. Um, you know, they'll be a tough challenge, which you expect. I mean, it's 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 a big prize that's before us. So I guess any any opponent you're going to face understands that, that the rewards are great and... Uh, Yeah, for us, that'll be a good challenge.
2: Yeah, the good news is there are 9,000 Celtic fans inside the ground tonight, a couple of thousand against Preston at the weekend, so... Uh, hopefully the Celtic fans will have plenty reason to make some noise, but plenty reason based on recent evidence uh, to be pretty worried about what is in prospect tonight. If you're on the way to the game, if you're one of the lucky 9,000 tonight, uh, give us a call 0808 17, 17 700 to tell us what you think is going to happen in a massive 90 minutes tonight. Go and your message on the texts to 87474 on the socials at Go Football Show, Rob McLean and Stephen Craig and Craig's, what are you thinking? How's it going to go tonight? Well,
3: I'm sure the supporters on the way to the game are wondering what kind of performance they're going to get. And after listening to Ange Postacoglu on Saturday, Rob, after speaking to yourself and speaking to the other media outlets, I'm not too sure he knows what he's going to get tonight. And I think that's quite a worrying uh, place to be in. But ultimately, when you play young players or, or, or players who are trying to make their way in the game, and you've got a You know, a a thin squad which is exactly what Celtic have then that's the position you find yourself in Celtic have known for a long time they were short in numbers they've known for a long time they needed players in they didn't react quick enough they hadn't reacted quick enough and now time has caught up with them so tonight I generally feel as if it's a toss of the coin whether it's going to be a good performance or not no one knows
2: We'll hear from, uh, more from Antropos de Coglu in the course of uh, this hour building up to the game. Here we'll hear from Callum McGregor as well, installed, uh, not the surprise of the season, as the new Celtic club captain, but top player and a real leader as well. We'll hear what he is thinking about this game uh, to come Tonight. Massive for Celtic, of course. Well, we will speculate on uh, what we reckon uh, the starting lineup might be for Celtic tonight, and uh, maybe not a tough choice because there are uh, so many uh, not uh, included in the squad for this one. Uh, what is Ange Postikoglu going to put together in the way of a starting 11? We will talk Rangers as well. Uh, 8,500 uh, on Saturday inside Ibrox for the Brighton friendly. Uh, 12,750 for the game on Sunday against Real Madrid and uh, Rangers say they are expecting uh, in inverted commas a full house for the Champions League qualifier on the 10th of August that's against Malmo or Helsinki can't help thinking uh, that they're sending out a message um, with that little uh, press statement uh, today. Uh, The Kemar Roof goal against Standard Liège in the Europa League last October has been nominated as one of UEFA's goals of the season. The deadline for voting, if you're interested, 29th of July on the UEFA website. um, It is in the frame. And uh, James Tavernier, Signed for Rangers on this day six years ago, and we'll talk um, about a potential dilemma for Steven Gerrard uh, this season. Um, Will it be James Tavernier? Well, it has to be James Tavernier, doesn't it, in the team? But how is he going to squeeze in Nathan Patterson as well? Both featured in the weekend friendly against Arsenal.
4: Yeah, we're going to consider it because they're two really good players, but it's not going to happen at mm-hmm. the flick of a switch. You know, it's something we're going to have to work on and train them. We'll have to get them used to it. Um, they're two fantastic players, so I can't have one of them on the bench for every game mm-hmm. of the season, that's for sure. There'll be times when it'll suit us, there'll be times when I don't need it, but it is something that is on my mind and it is something that we're going to experiment with.
2: It's a real tribute to Nathan Patterson isn't it and his development and the place he has in the mind of Steven Gerrard uh, that he's really wrestling with it Craig's isn't he Uh, about the prospect at times this season of of playing them both in the same team Yes
3: and I think you know Rangers when you look back the last season you know their system uh, has been very structured they don't deviate away from it Rob so That would potentially mean for me, if you're going to play James Tavernier and you're going to try and get Nathan Patterson in the same team, I think it would have to be a change of shape. Uh, Possibly 3-4-3. I know that's the the kind of system a lot of clubs are looking to go at. And the reason why I say that is because I don't think Patterson or Tavernier can play in the front three for Rangers. I don't think they can play like a Kemar Roof or a Yanis Hadji or a Ryan Kent when they play inverted. You know, Rangers wingers don't play outside when you th- Scott Wright's
2: probably another one as Scott well Scott Wright's isn't another one yep.
3: you know you think of Rangers wingers before Steven Gerrard come in you know even way back as far as Mark Walters and guys like that Trevor Stephen they hugged a the touchline they wanted to go outside people Steven Gerrard and Michael Beale want the players to play inside which creates a space for overlapping fullbacks. if they were to play in a four-three-three, three, I can't imagine Tavernier or Patterson playing in that front three playing with their back to goal it would be alien to them so you'd be trying to put a square peg in a round hole so I think he would have to go to potentially their 3-4-3 three, three with one of them playing as a right centre half and one as a right wing back. And then they can interlink and they can overlap and they can do what they have to do. But it's a dilemma that, yeah, it's a good one. But I think Rangers would like a little bit of flexibility to be able to change their shape and to be different and um, and have different options, have a different alternative. And that 3-4-3 three, three could work. But he's spot on. You know, You don't just throw it on the pitch and hope it works. It's something you have to work on diligently in training time and time again. And then you've got to pick the right game to go and implement it so I think it's exciting for the Rangers fans you know having an option where you can have James Tavernier and Nathan Patterson in the team absolutely brilliant
2: and it is that embarrassment of riches as well and it is just such a, a sharp contrast to Celtic who appear to be scraping Together, a team at the moment. More of that in a sec. Uh, lots of League Cup ties going on tonight. Cove Rangers against Inverness. Sterling Albion play Hearts. East Fife, Dundee United. Elgin against Kelty Hearts. Kevin Thompson in charge there these days. Brechin against Alloa, Barry's team, Hamilton Air. Annan against Queen's Park. East Kilbride, Clyde, Kilmonick, Morton, Stenhouse, Muir, St Mirren. Partick Thistle, Dumbarton. Anything grab your attention, Crags out of that lot? Possibly your old team, the Jags?
3: Yeah, because they want to take it to the last uh, game in the group. They play away to Super Bowl on Sunday, Rob. So if Thistle can win that, suddenly they get themselves to six points. I watched them in the opening group game against and They lost 4-2, but I've got to say it was a smashing game. Uh, Kilmarnock against Morton is another one where Tommy Wright will still believe his team have got enough to get out of the group. They want to get themselves to nine points, so they have to beat Morton. Um, Hearts can all but seal the group if they win at Stirling Albion. And I watched Dundee the United on Saturday... They were okay in the first half. They were better than our both, but they were a little bit flat in the second half. So you imagine they will go to East Fife and win the group. But um, certainly Cove Rangers and Inverness is another one because Cove, or sorry, Inverness lost uh, at home in penalties, was it, against Sterling Albion yeah. at the weekend? So Billy Dodge and his players will want to pick up some wins. So it's getting to the stage now where the games are meaningful. You know, I, I'm, I'm not saying they weren't meaningful at the start, but, you know, it's almost winner bust for some clubs. And I think that just makes it more exciting.
2: Good to have you with us on the Go Radio Football show We're two and a half hours from kick-off at Celtic Park Celtic play Michelin, the Champions League qualifiers Second leg next Wednesday There will be fans, 2,000 scattered around Celtic Park on Saturday A little bit more tonight, 9,000 Will they be making some noise, I wonder? Here is the newly installed club captain, Callum McGregor
4: Really exciting Um, Like I said, first competitive game to get them back into the stadium They'll be desperate to get back in and, and back the team and, and make some noise. And, you know, just for the players as well, to, to have them back is is amazing. Um, and it's our job to, to go out and perform and, and make them make the noise as well. And, and like I've, I've touched on before, you know, we both drive each other. We drive the fans, the fans drive us. And, and when that comes together, we can have a special night. So, like I said, that's our full focus as players is, is to go out and, and do the business.
2: What well, the 9,000 uh, inside... Uh, and those who are not there tonight will be wondering what is the Celtic team going to be tonight for a match of such significance? Well, the, the squad was outlined yesterday. Goalkeepers Barkas, Bain, Doohan and Hazard. Defenders Julian, who I don't think is even back yet after injury back in Glasgow. Uh, Taylor, Bolingoli, Urugide, Rolston and Hjelda. Midfielders, uh, Beton, Soro Rogic, Connell, Shaw, McGregor, Forrest, Turnbull, Christian Johnston. Strikers, Griffiths, Ayeti. And Edouard. So no ire and um, the news of him is that uh, he uh, is believed to have gone through his medical with Brentford. So that thirteen and a half million pound deal presumably is just about done. No Olivier in charm in the in the squad. Um, Andrew Postacoglu has been talking about players who are physically and mentally ready to play. In these games, or is a transfer afoot potentially? And maybe a bit surprisingly, Lil Abada, the young Israeli winger who came on, came off the bench against Preston at the weekend and actually lit things up for a while. And uh, no sign of him, Crags.
3: Really surprised, Rob, because uh, he also said yesterday that, or I, I read a quote today: "Caramel Kudembele is out for a sustained period of time. Mikey Johnson is out for a sustained period of time. James Forrest hasn't played any minutes at all in pre-season as yet." So, if you want to play an attacking side, you want to play wingers, and that's your style of play. Surely, when you've went and spent three and a half million pounds, is it that's roughly what they spent yeah. on a batter, then you would put them in your squad. Even if not to start the game, to possibly come on and maybe change the game or to win you or play counter-attack or whatever it may be. So, I'm really, really surprised. Not necessarily something that we're missing or something that he's not telling us. There could be something going on the back burner
2: but some, Sir, something to excite the yeah, fans
3: exactly well a new face mm. you know they want we've known for a long time they've needed 10 or 11 players and on the, off the side that started on Saturday Lame Shaw and Urugidi were the only two new ones a 20 year old a 21 year old so the Celtic fans want to be inspired Callum McGregor said "You know, the, the, the players need the fans the fans need the players tonight this young Celtic team will need the supporters more than ever
2: Just some breaking news that uh, Rangers have moved uh, flag unveiling day at Ibrox uh, to the 18th of September following dialogue with Police Scotland and the Glasgow City Council Safety Advisory Group. Celtic uh, will be hoping that uh, they are a factor in uh, uh, some sort of title race. This season, can they be competitive? Can they get back at Rangers? Uh, that's all to come, of course. But they've got these two uh, massive matches uh, against Michelin coming up. And Antepostikoglou very excited about
0: being involved in the Champions League. The fact that you know I'll be involved in Champions League football for the first time is, is certainly. Um, you know, it'll be a special moment for me. Absolutely, um, it's something I've aimed for. I, I, my goals in life have always been the same. You know, just to enjoy what I do and be as successful as I can, and, and see what comes next. Um, but you know, as I said, for me, it'll be um, it'll be a special night, and and you know, the fact that it's at this football club's this football club makes it even more special because I know, you know the European nights here. Um, you know, everyone I spoke to who's experienced it, that's. That's the first thing they mentioned, so I'm really looking forward to it.
2: That was him talking on Celtic TV yesterday and and sounding much more upbeat, Craig, you were mentioning. um, And and it was very noticeable as well uh, how downbeat he was both both before and after the game against Preston at the weekend, sounding much more like his old self there. Um, But clearly, um, he tells it like he's very Australian, isn't he? Mm. He's out there, he tells it like it is. He's putting everything out in the open. Well, first of all, let's hope he's
3: still enjoying Champions League football when the referee blows his final whistle tonight. Mm. That means that Celtic are still in the tie, which I expect they will be, and they've still got a chance of going through. Uh, yeah, you know, i I text you probably Saturday night or Sunday, and I'd listened to your interview with him, and he looked very dejected. He looked very downbeat. He looked a concerned man. If I was a Celtic supporter watching that and listening to that interview, I'd be thinking, oh, he doesn't believe in the players that are here. He doesn't believe that they're good enough because... Let's be honest, Preston are a mid-table or bottom half championship side and they got outplayed for long spells and they struggled and I think his body language told him that but also you've got to remember he's an experienced manager. You know, he isn't going to hide behind anything. This is not his team. This is what he's been left with. He said yesterday in his press conference a lot of hesitation from the club and moving forward and getting signings in so it's a clear message this is not his team and if he wants to get his team on the pitch then uh, at gonna take a little while. It could take possibly another couple of transfer windows. He may have to adapt his style. He may have to adapt his thinking because if he hasn't got the players to play the system and the setup and the way he wants it, Rob, then he's gonna to have to adapt. Otherwise he's gonna suffer. But I think as long as he can show that there's progress and the team are moving forward and aspects are moving forward, I think people have to reserve judgment at the minute because I said it's not his team. It's what he's been left with. It's you know really thin on the ground on on quality players. And Celtic struggled last season and they finished, what did you say previously, 25 points behind Rangers. Miles away in a lot of games and this team isn't as strong as that team. So this team is another step down again when you look at the youthfulness in the back four and the inexperience. And the two words, it was interesting listening to Callum McGregor, the two words jumped out for me today when I was doing some prep for it, Scott Brown. He may be 36 years of age, yes he's at Aberdeen. But in a night league tonight when you have so many young players, Rob, potentially getting in and feeling nervous and not wanting to make any mistakes, it would have be been nice for them to turn around and see his presence and his figure in the middle of the pitch, driving them on and looking after them and cajoling them as they go. I think that's a mistake Celtic have made because uh, they didn't move quick enough for the manager, which is just another one, another catalogue of errors, which has ended up where they are tonight.
2: He certainly learnt a lot, you would imagine, along the way in all his time, uh, playing alongside Scott Brown. Uh, now he's got the armband and uh, naturally and, and rightly very proud of it.
4: You know, it's, it's obviously a massive honour to, to be named club captain, to, to come through the, the Youth Academy to where I am now. Um, it's a very proud day for myself, my family, Everyone connected with myself, um, so first of all I just want to say thanks to the manager as well for that. Um, it's a huge honour and you know, I can't wait to get to work and, you know, and, and build something here. He's in the team tonight, we know
2: that much, but who else? Who are the other 10 who will feature for Celtic from the start? We're going to have a stab at it as the show moves on. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Tonight with Rob McLean and Stephen Cragan. And uh, it feels like we've been building up uh, to this match at Celtic Park tonight for a long, long time. Probably because we have It Is Here uh, it is now for Celtic. It is 7:45 kick-off, and then the second leg in Denmark uh, next week. And uh, just wondering what sort of team Celtic are going to be able to put out. Uh, look very much like a development team at the weekend against Preston. But uh, who can Ange Postecoglou add into the mix tonight to give Celtic uh, the best chance? of uh, staying in the tie because you would imagine that has to be the the big mission tonight to keep in contention uh, and maybe things can move on a little for Celtic over the next week and they'll have a stronger team uh, heading to Denmark for the second leg so Rob McLean, Stephen Cragan uh, on a Tuesday night on the show and we've got Stefan on the line who is one of the lucky 9,000 tonight Stefan because you're heading to the game Yeah,
1: absolutely buzzing for it Yeah um... I tell you what, when I got the notification at the weekend to say that I was going to the game, I was like, I get this feeling of, of sort of joy. I was like, I didn't expect to feel this way when yeah. I was getting back, but I just felt absolutely overwhelmed. and So emotional, you know. I bet. It's been 500 days in the making. You know, the last game I was at, Celtic beat St Mirren 5-0 at home. And, you know, long days, you know, since then. So, no, I'm just buzzing to, to get back, to be honest.
2: That's 500 days ago.
1: Yeah, wow. a really long time.
2: Yeah, you've been counting those 500 days as well. What sort of instructions, Stefan, do you have tonight about getting into the ground and the time you have to be there and where you where you sit and all that sort of stuff?
1: So on the email, it just says that you sort of have to follow the guidelines of you know, staying socially distanced, wearing your mask, you need to have it, do a test before you go. Um, I think there's one about there's an old bag rule and, and things like that. So... Yeah, it looks like it's quite rigorous. My ticket says I have to be there for 6.45, between 6.45 and 7.15. Um, and yeah, it, it looks like look, it's going to be a real rigorous sort of set-up that, that they've thought out. So um, not as much time in the sort of, sunshine I would want but <laughs> listen just to be back in the stadium I, I'm buzzing.
2: Yeah there were 2,000 uh, for the Preston game on Saturday and and they were really just scattered everywhere all around the ground as you would expect 2,000 in a, in a 60,000 capacity stadium um, hmm. but that's going to make a big difference tonight having an extra 7,000 on top of that. Hopefully you've got an excuse to make some noise.
1: Yeah well th- that's it, that's exactly it you know 2,000 on Saturday was, was good you know you obviously want fans back in the stadium but to have 9,000 hopefully you can give the players a lift it's not going to be the atmosphere that Celtic the Celtic team would normally get at Celtic Park on these kind of nights but hopefully the 9,000 of us can sort of give a, you know, give a big noise and help to the team as we can because I think that's one thing that will be beneficial to Celtic this season is having the fans back in the stadium cheating them on
2: What are you thinking about the team? What what do you think the, the team is going to be? Is it going to be much different from uh, the one against Preston?
1: Oh, um, I, I expect Barkas to be in goal. I expect the defence to be sort of Ralston, uh, Welsh, Eton uh, and Greg Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, the midfield, I think, will be McGregor, maybe Sorrow or Shaw um, and Turnbull. I'm um, hoping that maybe Odson Edward can go up front, but I've got a feeling it'll be a Yeti, Forrest and Montgomery. But I'll, I'll wait and see. But... Uh, I think, you know, the new signings that Celtic have brought in is, is progress but I I think a lot more is needed if Celtic want to sort of be playing Champions League football. Um Mitchell under no mugs and I, I think it'll be a will be a really hard game. But if Celtic can stay in the tie until till next week and take a you know, a positive result to Denmark. Football, anything can happen. So it just, just depends on what, what happens in the 90 minutes tonight.
2: It would be great to think that Forrest is, is back in uh, contention for this one. I think the other names that I was thinking about, the only ones that I had written down that you didn't mention, I think, were probably Christy um, and Rogic, who came off the bench against Preston Crags at the weekend. What, what sort of what's how, do, how much does your team differ from Stefan's?
3: Well, I just think if Odds and Edouard is, is anywhere near fit, then he has to play, just because he's their best player. And the manager can't take into consideration, you know, how he might play, how he might approach the game. He's got to put him out there because he's his best player that he has. And I think he certainly made an impact when he came on against Preston. Selik looked a better team. The ball sticks with him. Players want to give him the ball. He makes clever runs. His link up plays very good. So even a, a 60 or 70% fit Odds in Edward has to play. I think the same goes with James Forrest. If he's anywhere near fit at all he's got to be in the team. If Ryan Christie is anywhere near fit, he's got to play. This is a night where the manager needs his most experienced players. He might not get 90 minutes out of them, but he needs to put them in initially to set the tone, to set the standard. If it means even going a goal up or two up, making changes and hanging on, that's what you have to do. But it's just such a big night for, you know, 9,000 supporters being back. For the manager himself... Uh, you know, for the young players looking around too many young players in a big Champions League night is a huge risk so anyone who's got experience and know-how and a little bit of knowledge about them if they're anywhere near fit Rob I think they have to play
2: um, Stefan here's Ange Postacoglu speaking yesterday um, about the the numbers uh, in terms of players that, that he's working with at the moment.
0: When I look at the squad now, we're, we're still very light on in areas, uh, just for depth uh, more than anything else. Uh, because it, if we want to challenge on all fronts, we're going to need a strong squad, and um, at the moment we don't have that. So um, you know the number is not precise. As a manager, I'm always going to want more than I'm given. So I'll, I, if I say ten, then um, they'll only get me ten. So. I don't say a number and just try and get as many as I can.
2: So he's well short, Stefan, isn't he, in terms of numbers mm. in the squad? You could see that from the team that he put out against Preston on Saturday. And OK, I mean, he's been appointed really late in the day, but Celtic as a club have known that this date was on the calendar for a long time. This, this, the, These Champions League qualifiers or Europa League qualifiers always come round at this time of year. It is no surprise mm-hmm. anymore, is it?
1: No, it's not a surprise, and I think it, I don't want to go as far as say it's a lack of planning, but it does show a little bit of, uh, I, don't want, I don't know, maybe an attitude to, to see that these games do come early on. You need to be prepared for them, because you come up against, okay, to the terms of things, you come up against teams like, like Mitchell and that are a good outfit, you know, you can't underestimate them, I and mean, I feel like Celtic do uh, on quite a few occasions, they don't bring in quick enough and ultimately, it costs them the riches of the Champions League. And a, a club like Celtic, you know, should be should really be well-equipped to bring players in early, to, to root them in and make sure that they, they are part of the team that can help them get the riches of the Champions League. So, I don't think anybody at Celtic can come out and say, well, yeah, you know, to the contrary, they, they need to have these players in. it. It's just really, really not good um, from a fan's perspective when you look at it. Obviously, you have to... To understand there are complications with transfers, and you know you can't always get them over the line. But to get to this stage and be on the day, and you've you've not really got many new signings, if any new signings in the team, it's it's, it's far from good enough in my opinion.
2: So, so Craigs, it's no surprise that these games come around at this time. They the, no, arms AM, every year, but but also the the delays, the inevitable delays that Stefan's talking about through COVID. Uh, well we've been living with this for a year and a half so that's not a surprise now either
3: and there's no excuses because uh, everyone has known about how long transfers could take and how long uh, or how difficult they can get players in whether it's work permit whether it's quarantine when Neil Lennon left the job last February I think it was when he left the job in February Every week in this show, we counted down, another week gone, another week gone. you are going to have to move because they've got a lot of work to do. They've got a lot of rebuilding to go. They've got a lot of players to come in. And the longer it went, Eddie Howe didn't get the job. You felt whoever got it was going to end up in this position. They were going to be short of numbers. They were going to be short of quality. They were going to be trying to make, a, putting together a makeshift team. And it's really unfair on the likes of Callum McGregor and David Turnbull and, and Ryan Christie, he's still there and Odds Edward, because these are top quality players. And when they look around at what they're playing with at the minute... It's a lot different than what it's been over the past four or five years. So I think that could have been averted if Celtic had made a more decisive uh, appointment before they did rob and give the manager in charge a helping hand. But Ange Postecoglou could have probably been appointed in April or May. If you'd have went in April or May, if he was the guy or the second choice after Eddie Howe, you could have went and got him in April or May. He could have seen out the rest of the last season and then had a proper planning and a proper structure and schedule. And this is where it's boiled down to. So it'll be interesting tonight if Celtic, if it doesn't go well, where would the fingers be getting pointed at or who will be getting frustrated because I think this is a really undercooked Celtic team. They should have been in a better position but I generally hope that they can they can still be in the tie. Stephen said, be in the tie for the second leg, another week's training, some players back, uh, more match fitness and then they can go and finish the job but it's a huge ask.
2: There were certainly fingers being pointed yesterday. I think this was the the headline quote from the the media conference
0: from Antepostikoglou. We we probably hesitated a couple of times and, and could have moved faster on some things, and and that hasn't helped us um, because under normal circumstances, those kind of processes um, are fairly straightforward in terms of get a player, sign him, get him on a plane, take a photo, and, and away he goes. And. Yeah, you know, that process has now taking two to three weeks. So that's where I think, um, you know, we, we just got to move a little bit more, uh, you know, precisely and understand that there's always going to be a lag time. So we just got to move a bit quicker.
2: I think, Stefan, he, he's putting everything out in the open, isn't he? He's letting everyone else make their judgment on what's been happening at Celtic or not mm. been happening at Celtic. And you would imagine that what he's said there... Uh, will have been very much noticed by the likes of Dermot Desmond, uh, the the power broker at Celtic, because because he he is effectively criticising the the powers at the club, isn't he?
1: That's the vibe I get from him. Um, I get, a, a, you know, the thing with Ange when he came in, I said to people, "Well, he's making the right noises. He's saying what he, what he should be saying, but talking and doing it are, are two different things." But that press conference yesterday, I get a really honest vibe from him. I, I think he's. Don't want to say he's fed up, but I think he realizes how deep he is in with this situation. And I think he's realising quite quickly that, that the water is, is slowly rising. So um, whether Dermot Desmond will know that that's a you know, he's he's sort of aiming those comments towards him, I think he will. Um, but I, I suppose it's what Dermot Desmond does in response to that. Does he, he give more make more funds available? Does he does he make things happen faster? We'll just need to
3: wait and see. But suppose, Stefan, the two things you look at it is, is it possibly the inexperience of a chief executive in Don Mackay, who is, is, is maybe trying to, you know, barter deals a little bit better? Plus, the manager also is putting his reputation on the line. So he's wanting to let people mm. know, it's not just my responsibility, this is a group thing.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think anybody will look at the situation, you know, when this thing is... You know, to be pointed of blame. I don't think anybody really can say that Ange Posticoglu is to blame because he he's been thrown into a situation that, okay, probably is relished. He's seen the job, but and he, he he thinks he's big enough to take the task on. But it's too early to to point any finger of blame at him. As for Don MacKay, um, you talk about his inexperience in, in working with a football club. He obviously was a chief executive Scottish Rugby. I, I think I think Don MacKay will be well experienced enough to. To be able to should be well experienced enough to, to sort of navigate you know where Celtic are at early on with, with signings. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I want to call it a lack of experience, but I, I I think he should know where where he should be and where Celtic should be at this point.
2: It's not on and Anteposticoglu as we're saying what's happening at the moment, mm. but what is on the line, Crags, is his reputation. Well, it is, and you know he said.
3: During his interview, we heard him saying, you know, he's excited by Champions League. So, you know, you don't want to go in and play two games and you're out. You wanna have a sustained run in it. But when I flick back to his press conference on Saturday after I get the game against Preston, mm. he looked, you know, just bereft of ideas, thinking he didn't believe that his team could put in that kind of performance. Considering it's such a big game three days later. You know, there's gonna be have to a big turnaround mm. mentally and physically and emotionally from the players from Saturday till now, because the players will have heard his comments and will have had to hear what he has to say. So then they suddenly start to have a little bit of doubt themselves. So yes, his reputation's on the line. He's taking the job. He's knowing that. He probably knew the challenges. But I just wondered, did he know, you know, Stefan said it, did he wonder, or did he know how deep it was or how much work needed done? And now with, like, some Mickey Johnson and Dembele, even, you know, young players coming through, now out injured, he's thinking, wow, it's getting worse. Christopher is being sold and going with two young centre-halves who haven't had a lot of experience, never mind European experience. So there's lots of um, gaps to be filled. He knows that, And he still, I mean, he said 10 players. He probably Mm. is 10 players away. But getting 10 players of the quality Celtic need, but if you do your business so late in the window or so late, it becomes risk. And Celtic really can't afford risks. But unfortunately, they're going to have to take them and take more gambles.
2: Did you watch the game, Stefan, the Preston game at the weekend? Uh,
1: No, I didn't. I was uh, busy. So I I believe I didn't
2: miss much. No, no, you didn't. But but I think what maybe worried me most of what I saw uh, on Saturday was that every ball into the box for Celtic was a problem from set pieces, free kicks, corner kicks, long throws as well. They're just, that that team on Saturday was not a big, apart from anything, it, it wasn't a good enough team, but it also wasn't a big enough team physically uh, and that that could be, I mean, maybe near Beton comes back into the defence. Yeah. Because I think he was expected to feature at the weekend. I was surprised he was nowhere to be seen. Maybe he does get pitched back in, and that does make a difference and, and makes you more capable of defending set pieces. I, I, oh, uh,
1: were you talking to me or Craig? Sorry. You carry on, yeah, Stefan. Far away. Uh, I was just going to say, um, I think, you know, having near-beat-on, i okay, a lot of people will say N'Golo Kante maybe not at the level Celtic needs. I I think near Kante a good good squad player to have at Celtic. He has a European experience. He's played in big games. He, he knows what it means to to Celtic to be in the Champions League. He's tall. Uh, I, I think he can if he keeps his head on and he he stays disciplined. I think he could be an asset for Celtic tonight. He is tall. He can clear the ball. He's tall. He can he can score. It's just whether or not we see the beat on that can stay disciplined or we see the beat on that pulls players down at Ibrooks and gets a red card and gets sent off. You just hope that the right player sort of shows up. But, you know, we we are lacking in, in height and even the players that are, you know, above six foot, they don't really get, get many headers. So it's going to be, it's a weak area for Celtic Um you know, I, I think any team should at least have two or three big players um, to be able to go and challenge for a ball in their own box or in the opponent's box and, and Celtic don't don't have that really and I, I think it is a big issue.
2: Let, let's end the the chat on a positive if we can. I mean it's difficult to avoid the negatives at the moment, to be honest, just because of the yeah. the Celtic squad that we're looking at, and I think the worries that everybody has about how tonight might go. But hey, you're heading back to Celtic Park for the first time in five hundred days, and I, I just love the the excitement in your voice, Stefan.
1: Oh, honestly, I um think seem buzzing maybe under under sells how, how excited I am for it um, you know mm-hmm. for a guy I've been going to football I've been going to the football since maybe 2003 2004 since I was like seven or eight and not been able to do it for, for so long it just it's sort of I, I can't explain I feel like I'm doing it for the first time all over again I'm absolutely yeah. ecstatic and hopefully you know the right result can come our way but I draw a draw wouldn't bother me
2: whatever the level Craig says above buzzing he's there
1: honestly it, it's great
3: this is the feelings I hoped football fans would have after being out of the stadium for so long you know and unless you follow a team week in week out and you buy the strips and you follow the team and you support the team this is what it means tonight and I just hope Stefan for your sake more than anything certainly get a positive result and the 9000 fans can, you know can come home happy
2: thanks Dex yeah let's, ho- let's hope it goes well Stefan thanks for thanks for coming on the show and enjoy tonight cheers guys All the best. That's Stefan heading for Celtic Park, two hours away from Celtic against Mitchelland.
1: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
2: With Stephen Cragan and Rob McLean. I mean, Stefan with us just before the break. On the way to Celtic Park for the first time in 500 days, he is one of the lucky 9,000 tonight watching Celtic. Hoping he's going to be lucky, but he's just loving the prospect of being there. He is beyond buzzing Mm -hmm. (laughs) about going to the ground uh, tonight. But, you know, with the delight at being back, there's no doubt that in his voice as well, you could hear that trepidation (laughs) um, about how it's all going to unfold, Crags tonight.
3: Well, I wasn't too sure if he was optimistic or fearful Uh, and I imagine like a lot of the fans going tonight they'll be saying do you know what it's just about being back in the stadium it's about being back and seeing the team and then the referee blows that whistle (laughs) and that inner Celtic supporter comes out the frustrations come out the disappointment but I just think if it's a young team they pick and it it looks like there will be a few young players in it the team will need them tonight Rob you know through the good spells and the bad spells whether they've got possession or whether they haven't or someone makes a mistake the fans are going to have to rally with the young team because you know, they don't have a lot of experience. You know, any kind of criticism can affect them. And in such a big game, that's not what Celtic players or the young Celtic players need. So I'm sure the Celtic fans will realise that and will give them all their backing.
2: Plenty of negatives uh, about what's happening at Celtic at the moment for obvious reasons. But one big positive for the club is the man who's the new club captain, Ange Postacoglu, delighted. I don't think
0: it'll be a surprise to anyone. I mean, enough people told me coming in that he was, you know, the outstanding candidate, but as always, um, you know, from my perspective, it was getting to know him and, and just seeing him around the place. There's no doubt he's he's a leader. I think it's important for this football club that... You know there are certain traditions and values that are, need to uphold, be upheld, uh, irrespective of the people who are custodians uh, at the at any given time. And having someone like Cal who's grown up at this football club, he knows those clearly. So um, yeah, easy decision, but also the best decision.
2: Yeah, it wasn't the surprise of the season, was it? He was uh, really the only candidate you imagined to take on the armband after, after Scott Brown. And for, and for me, Craig, he just grows uh, with each passing week and month and, and season, grows as a player, grows as a person. He scored Scotland's first goal in a major final since 1998. Outstanding, wasn't mm-hmm. he, at Wembley um, against England. Uh, and he's somebody that Ange Postecoglou Coglu needs badly at the moment.
3: And he will lead in a different way than what Scott Brown will. You know, he won't be that vociferous player on the pitch and shouting and pulling at people. He will lead quietly. I imagine he will have a quiet word with players. He will be polite to the players. I'm not saying Scott Brown wasn't, but he will do it in a different way and he will let his football do the talking, how he conducts himself on the pitch, how he plays the game, his appetite, his energy. And, you know, he'll know a little bit more now, but when things are going against him and the team are down, he's got to be the one that steps up. That's the kind of leader he will be. You know, he will step up because he'll take the ball under pressure. And I think even just, you know, being left out of the Scotland team against uh, Czech Republic in the first game of the Euros, it would be easy to feel sorry for yourself and think, well, that's me done. But then suddenly you put in at Wembley, what, three or four days later, and to put in the type of performance he did tells me all about his character. Tells you all about it. You know, it's not about him. He's not basing himself. He's not throwing the toys out of the pram. He's thinking, no... I've got a job to do. If I got a chance to play for my country, I'm going to go and do it to the best of my ability. I'm going to put what's gone behind me. I'm going to focus on the here and now. And that's what exactly what Selig need as a captain. That's what the manager needs as well. He needs his support. He needs good characters, people who he can trust and rely on. And Callum McGregor certainly one of those guys.
2: We spoke about the squad named uh, for these two matches against Mitchell And of
0: course... Uh, what it does offer is another chance for Lee Griffiths. I think I said before, you know, the the whole process with with, with Lee was pretty simple for me. Um, uh, obviously, with regards to the incident, other people took control of that investigation. I think, from what I understand, everything's been sorted in terms of understanding what took place uh, and from then he was made available and that's when he came back into my consciousness as a footballer once lee you know came back into into the squad and and everything was um sort of settled from in terms of the incident then he's back being a celtic player, he's back being part of the squad and he's available for selection tomorrow
2: yeah speaking yesterday obviously about tonight's game I, i don't think anyone would be expecting lee griffiths to be starting tonight Uh, But just to have him on the bench, just that prospect of if Celtic are in a decent position in the game to to give him the last 15 or 20 minutes, see if he can get his goal. The biggest concern
3: is his lack of training. You know, training with the team, squad training. He's missed a full pre-season. And Lee Griffiths, you know, had said himself previously, he wasn't as fit as what he hoped he would be or he he wasn't in the best physical shape. He, more than anyone, needed a full pre-season. He needed the hard work, you know the the fitness work Rob to get himself in the condition. So he's starting the season having missed a pre-season. And I've this and I always done my pre-seasons, and I know some players who missed it through injury or missed it through other situations, and they said they found themselves they found them they used to find themselves chasing their tail all season trying to get up to speed, because the players have played. I mean, some of these players playing for Celtic Thunder have played what maybe three or four 90 minutes. They've played a lot of minutes in their legs. You hear Postacoglu speaking prior to Preston and after Preston saying, we've worked hard in the training ground. We've put lots of yards in the players' legs. So they are going to be fatigued at times. They have to get through that. It's part of pre-season. And he's missed all that. And I don't think he could have afforded to miss pre-season. Let's hope now the penny has dropped. I don't know how many times that's been said to him. Let him focus on football. He has to deal with football and what's ahead of him because the manager needs him. He's another experienced player who's scored goals at the highest level. And if the manager thinks he can come off the bench tonight and get himself a goal, then absolutely go ahead and do it. But for Lee Griffiths, let's just focus on football from now moving forward.
2: Let's have a quick word about the European draws that were made yesterday. Of course, uh, Celtic will play PSV or Galatasaray in the third qualifying round if they can get through the second qualifying round. I think it will be uh, one major match at a time uh, for them, the way things are going. Rangers uh, have got much more time to prepare. They've got a stronger squad. They've also, they can breathe a little at the moment. Two weeks away from... Uh, Their first leg, which will be against Malmo or HJK Helsinki, um, which sounds like a a decent draw for them, Gregs. It does. Malmo are
3: top of the Swedish league as it stands. Uh, HJK Helsinki, I think, are top of the Finnish league also. So two teams who have got plenty of games under their belt. But the good thing about because of when Rangers don't play, is it the 3rd or 4th of August? Yeah. I think it's the 3rd, possibly. Uh, They have plenty of pre-season time. They've had plenty of pre-season games, whereas in previous seasons in the Europa League, it's been two or three friendlies and then rushed straight into uh, Europa League qualifying. So they've had plenty of time to prepare. They'll have a league game before that as well against Livingston at home. So they should be in good condition for that. They should have plenty of good games under their belt. They played Arsenal last weekend. They're playing Brighton, they're playing Real Madrid. They've got a Livingston game coming up. So they should be in good condition. And looking at that, they would think over the two legs, they would have enough to get through. They won't want to be going out at this stage. So, you know, naturally you'd make Rangers favourites in the in that tie.
2: Celtic would play, if they can win the winners of PSV Galatasaray, the losers in that tie, uh, will play St Johnston. So that is a, that's a tough one for the uh, last season's league and Scottish Cup winners.
3: People have said it's a great draw. Callum Davidson will not say it is a great draw. He'll say it's a glamorous draw because it's against, you know, a really good team. Uh, fans are allowed back in. They could get a good crowd in at McDermott Park. But with regards... Progression and moving forward, irrespective of whether it's PSV, Eindhoven, or Galatasaray, it's going to be a huge ask for them to get through. The good thing is, as I said last week, he's kept hold of the majority of his squad, Rob. The team that finished the season so strongly and won the cup, he has kept together. And I think that's key. Too often, the lower league clubs in Scottish football are the teams that qualify for Europe. They lose their players. Mm. But Callum's got that squad. They know the system. They know the setup. Uh, they've got to take a lot of heart from what happened last season, but that's gone they now have to focus on this season. People won't look back and say, oh, you remember last season you won the car? That was great. Mm. But you've lost six games in a row. No, you've got to focus on the here and now. That'll be the biggest challenge for Callum, uh, apart from PSV, Eindhoven or Galatasaray. A huge, huge task.
2: Yeah, so far they've kept their key players. Same goes for Hibs, uh, although that could change, I suppose, in the, in the coming weeks. They play Santa Coloma from Andorra, Uh, On Thursday night at Easter Road, that's in the second qualifying round of the Conference League, they'll play the Croatians of Rijeka, who Aberdeen know very well, or the Maltese team, Gazira, United. If they get through Aberdeen, face uh, Hecken, the uh, Swedish side, Thursday night at Ptodri, they would play Austria-Vienna, or Bredal, Blake, the Icelandic team. And we're just looking for the Hibs and Aberdeens and St Johnstone's to help Celtic and Rangers um, in European competition and just drive us further up the coefficient?
3: Absolutely. You know, I think Rangers and Celtic need a helping hand. You know, they're the teams that have been driving it over the the last number of years. I just think Hibs look best placed for to do that. You know, their squad looks in a really good position at the minute. You're spot on with Kevin Nisbet and Ryan Porteous potentially having suitors looking at them potentially move away. But currently on paper, they look as if they're the best placed team to go and, and put a run Aberdeen will have a tough one against Hacken no doubt about it uh, they were on a poor run whenever the draw was made since then I think you said four wins out of five I think mm. around about mid-table in the Swedish league so that will be a difficult one for Aberdeen I think they're 11 or 12 competitive games into their season but certainly looking at Hibs and I just like their I know Jack signed a new deal until 2024 but even just the, the size of the squad and the recruitment policy bringing in the likes of Chris Cadden and, and Kyle McGinnis last season didn't really make an impact so there's more to come from them uh, Daniel Mackay over the summer, bringing him in from uh, Inverness. Jake Doyle-Hayes, there's potential yeah. in there as well. Yeah. So they're bringing in young, hungry players, Rob, who they can enhance as players, but they can also enhance their value, which then gives Hibs uh, an asset to potentially sell, uh, sell on as they go when you throw into the, the thing... Uh, Kevin Nisbet last season, exact same. They invested a little bit of money. So I like how they're building their squad and building as they go. And then, of course, Scott Allen back, scoring some goals, scored against uh, Stoke, I think, in pre season. Jamie Murphy wasn't fully fit last season. So, as an attacking sense, Hibs look better prepared. To be involved in Europe, hopefully right up to the group stage. It would be nice to see someone outside Rangers and Celtic in the group stages this season.
2: Stefan told us what he thought the Celtic team would be uh tonight. Barkas and goals. He was thinking Ralston beat on Welsh and Taylor, I think, was his back four. Um the names I've scribbled down, the likes of Sorrow, McGregor, Rogic, Turnbull, Christie. Edouard sounds like a decent team sounds like a much better team than uh, went out against Preston on Saturday and of course in brackets James Forrest he, he mentioned him Stefan mentioned him and it would be great if Celtic could get some of these players involved tonight and stay in the tie
3: Guys who have experience who have played European football who have scored goals who have been creative I even think near Beaton, if he's fit anywhere near, it, he's got to play centre half he's got to play him beside Stephen Wells just for a bit of experience someone just to talk and communicate and help younger players along the way you know, midfield to front, if you can get James Forrest and Ryan Christie and Odson Edward and David Turnbull and Callum McGregor and Sorrow, that's good. Or Tom Rogic in for one of those. That's a good middle to front. It's the back end. When you think of Norwegians or you think of Scandinavian, Norwegian, Danish teams or Scandinavian teams, big, strong, powerful, good at set plays. Celtic will have to defend set plays and cross balls into their box tonight. If they don't, it
2: could be a long 90 minutes. Thanks, Craigs. Good luck to Celtic tonight. We're back tomorrow, again, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.